0: Hello and welcome to the Managing Uncertainty Podcast. This is Brian Strausser, Principal and Chief Executive here at BrightPath. And in episode 196, I want to talk briefly about ransomware. There are two things driving the ransomware narrative right now, and I'm recording this in May 2023. The biggest one is news that came out last week at a major conference, a cybersecurity conference in Washington, D.C., about what what uh, cryptocurrency tracing firms have seen in terms of ransomware payments and income in 2023. And through the first four months of this year alone, cybercriminal gangs are on pace to surpass their earnings from a record-setting 2021, according to new data that has been collected by Chainalysis, which is a company that traces the movement of cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, and other uh, crypto uh, systems, p- payment systems um, through their various ecosystems. And of course, if you know much about Bitcoin, you know that you can see these transactions as they happen. You don't know who they belong to, um, but you can see these transactions moving through the blockchain. Jackie Burns Coven, who is the head of cyber threat intelligence at Chainalysis, uh, it said Friday at the SleuthCon crime. Cybercrime Conference that 2023 could be one of, if not the highest grossing years in ransomware yet. Now, this is going to be a pretty big disappointment to. Um, cybersecurity officials in the Biden administration, because over the past two years they've launched a number of initiatives to crack down on digital extortion or cyber extortion. Um, but in 2021, we know that criminal syndicates made something around 760 million dollars through through ransomware through cyber extortion, and those were headlined by some pretty high-profile attacks from Colonial or on Colonial Pipeline, JBS Foods, Kaseya, and others. If this trend continues as we expect it to this year, it may even reignite a debate about what government can actually do to address the problem. One of the things that we've heard discussion about from a policy perspective is the White House considering a ban or a partial ban on ransom payments. Now that's a pretty hardline approach. And I don't know that it's necessarily the most business-focused approach, but it is something that they could consider. They also highlighted at this conference on Friday in a joint presentation between Coven and uh, Erica Jardine, who is the cybercrime research lead at Chainalysis, um, that the uptick in ransom payments has been driven by a couple different factors. One has been a turn to more mass attacks in the supply chain, um, a higher volume in ransomware activity, more targeting directed at large companies, and then the adoption of more aggressive extortion tactics. Among criminals, we have seen in the past year, one of the things they have resorted to are more increasingly personalized blackmail schemes. And in some cases, they're easy, even using AI tools like ChatGPT or Google's Bard or others to make a more personalized attack and put pressure on individuals to pressure more deep pocketed companies or nonprofits to make those payments. That has translated to something really interesting in the past year, and that's a near doubling in the size of the average ransom payment, which is now hovering above $220,000. Now, not all the news is bad. There's been government actions, sanctions, cryptocurrency, seizures, arrests, and these have all had a significant impact on the cyber bad guys. Um, We're seeing, for example, they are seeing, I should say, that criminals are having more and more trouble cashing out their illicit crypto gains through cyber extortion. And in some cases, they're just stashing it on the blockchain and leaving it there in an effort to evade attention. Um, They describe this as the digital equivalent of stashing cash under your mattress, suggesting that ransomware gangs may not be getting as much use out of their looted funds as that eye-popping, top-line doubling of ransomware payments, the average ransomware payments uh, seem to have been. That's the bad news. Here's the other challenge that I think uh, related to this topic that applies to our field of resilience. Last week, we were my team was out at the Secure360 conference uh, held at uh, Mystic Lake Casino and Convention Center uh, in Prior Lake, Minnesota, just south of the Twin Cities here in Minnesota. It was a great conference, several hundred attendees, and a lot of diving into a lot of different resilience topics. One of the things that we did at the, at the conference is we ran a two-hour ransomware cyber extortion exercise. Um, the exercise was centered on a insider threat, but you didn't know that at the beginning. You kind of had to find it during the puzzle. And it was, I think it was a really eye-opening experience. Our audience at this conference is about seventy five to eighty percent information security folks. But we approach a risk an exercise like this, not from a cyber perspective, not from a technical perspective, but from the aspect of, You're the organization's executive team and its crisis management team. And you have to manage the broader crisis that's impacting your organization from this cyber extortion event. And a lot of folks wanted to get really into the technical details about this crisis. And that's not, I don't want to say that those things are not important. However, the bigger crisis to the organization is about trust about reputation, about the data that you're trying to protect. It's not about you know, blocking the attacker. It's not about recovering your systems, although all of those are factors of this. But if you're the CEO, your bigger challenge is, how do I get my systems back up and running? How do I protect the data? How do I deal with the reputational and regulatory and legal aspects of this crisis? And I think it was really eye-opening for folks. This kind of runs parallel to another thing that we've seen in the industry, um, and that is over the last couple of weeks, I've been looking at all of the major cyber crisis management, cyber incident management, ransomware incident management books that are on the market today. Looked at all the, the let's say, the top 10 bestsellers in each of those kind of subgenres of crisis management and information security. Very few of them deal with the broader aspects of the crisis. So the challenge for resilience professionals, the challenge for all of us in this space is to make sure that we're well integrated with our partners in information security or cybersecurity and physical security and the other security disciplines. And we're thinking about these crisis management plans or incident management plans as being holistic, that we're truly able to have a plan that addresses all of the hazards that our organizations are facing. And we, as crisis management, as resilient resiliency leaders, as business county leaders, we are the ones best positioned to lead that integration of these disciplines into a cohesive crisis management, incident management framework for our organizations. That's it for this edition of the Managing Uncertainty Podcast. We'll be back next week with another new episode. Be well.